The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we look back at the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, especially the way Raw opened with Cody Rose. That's right, his return to the WWE. What did we think about his emotional promo about his father, Dusty? Also, speaking of emotion, or maybe lack thereof, Edge and Damian Priest, where are they going and why this turn? We'll talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. A lot of fans bully want to talk about Cody. We will get to the Busted Open Nation, but you tease something as well. Listen, Cody declaring last night, bully, to that raw crowd that he's going after that WWE championship, something that his father was not able to do. And you said that it tells a story. So I'm interested to hear from you, Bully. Well, it was the crowd that told me the story last night. Um, listen, there it, it sounded like everybody in the American Airlines arena was behind Cody last night. But there were many people who weren't. Because there are plenty of people there who just don't really know who Cody is or might care of what Cody's mission is right now. Now, I think everybody should care about the mission because the bottom line is this. The cliff notes is Cody Rhodes is trying to win the one championship that his father could never win. And as far as the story is concerned, I'm in. I'm emotionally invested. As a, as a, as a, a child myself, even at 50 years old, I'm still my father's son. If there was something that my father was never able to accomplish that I knew he could, um, wanted, but was not able to do, I would try to do it. So my dad in heaven could be looking down on me and be proud of me accomplishing the one feat that he wasn't able to do. I get it. It's a story. It resonates. However, when they were panning the crowd, Dave, I saw enough people just sitting in their seats not reacting at all. Now, are they not reacting because they're not into the story? I don't think so. I think they're not reacting because they're not quite sure who Cody is. 
the people that know who Cody is are the people that knew Cody from five or six years ago and the people that know Cody from AEW. To me, it was 60-40 last night. I think Cody's got 60% of the WWE universe already. I think he's going to have to work to get the other 40%. We talked about the strength of AEW for just a little while yesterday. And, and I think Cody being in AEW definitely helped him to come back here. Because if Cody would have disappeared for the past six years and not have been seen, I don't think he's getting the response that he got at WrestleMania. Okay. And I don't think he's getting the response that he did last night. So I think there is a, you know, there's brand new fans to the WWE all the time, especially the younger fans. I don't think the younger fans are going to remember or are going to know who he is. Also, when it comes to the younger fans, Dave, Cody has a very, let's just say, big vocabulary. Cody will use a lot of big words, a lot of words that we might even have to look up in the dictionary just to get the, the definition. I think with the WWE universe, Cody should dumb it down a little bit. Keep it very family-friendly, kid-friendly. In AEW, older crowd, a smarter, more sophisticated crowd, maybe. Use words that, that the kids don't have to turn to mommy and daddy and go, hey, what does that mean? It, there's a lot to what you just said, Bully. Uh, and I agree with you. I think there was a split. And I think 60-40 is probably a good one that you just mentioned. Cause I agree with, there's a lot of people standing and there was a lot of people sitting on their hands. Uh, I was surprised too, that there was a lot of people singing along with Cody's song. I think that's the strength that you just talk about, about what AEW has been able to do over the last couple of years, because that really surprised me. Here's the WWE universe singing a song that you knew from AEW programming. Great point. But there was also a lot of people who don't know. And I think Cody did a good job of addressing it in his promo as far as a lot of you people know my journey. And there's some people here tonight that don't. So I think he did a good job of basing that foundation uh, in his promo last night. So good job by Cody. Also, the other thing that was a little bit confusing, and you mentioned it with Seth Rollins, is Seth Rollins addressed Cody. But we couldn't hear what Seth Rollins was saying. The crowd at the arena couldn't understand what Seth Rollins said. Corey Graves told us what Seth Rollins said. So for the 15,000, 20,000 fans that were in attendance last night, they couldn't hear it. I thought it caused a lot of confusion in that arena last night. Last night, I think, was a step forward but a baby step forward for Cody. Yeah. The most important thing is I understood the mission statement, his story. I think Cody is going to have to work to get the majority of the WWE universe on his side. I thought there were a lot of uncomfortable pregnant pauses last night that I did not think should have been there just because of emotion. I didn't, I almost felt like there were moments where he didn't know what he wanted to say, or maybe he thought there'd be a bigger reaction to him. And maybe there was a little bit of concern on his part, but when he got into, you know, what he really wanted to talk about, I thought it was really good. It's not going to be, listen, if you come back at WrestleMania with all the pomp and circumstance that Cody came back with, and you have a great match with Seth, 
The people are going to be there for it. It's WrestleMania. It's a surprise return. The reaction is basically built in. But now you're the first person on Monday Night Raw, and it seemed like people were sitting back and go, okay, why are you here? What's your story? Win us over. Yeah, And that's I, what he's going to have to do. And and I think he will. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, as a, as a fan of Cody to see – you know, what his mission statement is, Bully, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because who's your champ? Right now there's only one, and it's Roman Reigns. So it's how he gets himself into that main event picture against Roman Reigns is going to be interesting to see. There's a lot here when it comes to Cody, Bully. And as everybody knows that listens to this show, I am a very big Cody fan. Um, I, I love him on the mic. I love him in the ring. And I love his story. That's why he had to pivot last night, Bully. Because think of it. Who is Cody, Bully? Is it the undesirable from the WWE that became undeniable outside the WWE? Or is it the guy who started a revolution? Or was it the facade of a revolution to become undesirable to undeniable? I think there's a big fan base that, hey, Cody was the leader of this revolution, this start of AEW, the the anti-WWE. Or, Bully, was this Cody's way of saying, all right, the WWE never saw anything in me. I'm going to prove them wrong, and I'm going to come back to them as bankable. I mean, there's a lot here when you try to dissect Cody. Uh, I don't think that the plan was to leave and then come back, prove himself someplace else and then come back. But you could compare it, compare it to like a Jinder Mahal or a Drew McIntyre. Guys that left the company to prove themselves only to come back stronger and achieve success and becoming world heavyweight champions in their own right. I think Cody was extremely, we know the Cody story with Stardust and everything, frustrated, didn't like it, Stardust comparable to the polka dots, you know, and all this stuff. If dad, dad told him, if you're miserable, you know, yeah. leave, get out of yep. here. He left. He's, you know, he caught fire on the Indies, Ring of Honor. He hooked up with the Bucks, which was a very, very smart move on Cody's part. <clears throat> and it almost became like Cody is became the leader of this pack when to me, Matt and Nick were always the leaders of the indie pack. Cody just found the right friends to make on the indies and in Ring of Honor. So they all get together. Cody never stopped wearing suits. I never saw Cody really change. Cody never changed. Cody Bully, never thank changed. you for saying that. Bully, that's a great point that needs to be repeated, what you just said. Cody never changed. And I think a lot of fans' perception is that he changed. He never changed. Here's the thing, and, and this is a this is a delivery thing when people talk. And the reason I asked uh, uh, the caller, what did I use? Condescending, right? Yes. And here's why. And listen, I, I can look at myself in the mirror and know my strengths and know my faults too. There are some times when I talk. I can come off condescending. I'm not trying to come off condescending. It's just the way I explain things because I want people to understand what I'm saying. So I'll go into this, this type of pattern of speech, which can come off as condescending. 
trust me, I don't mean it to be. I'm just trying to explain myself in a, in a way where, because if I start doing my normal talk, blah, 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 blah. I think I talk too fast at times. And maybe that a point I'm trying to make might get lost in me talking fast. Because me and you, when we get into our regular speech patterns, we're like, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes when I'm talking about wrestling, whether I'm in a ring cutting a promo or trying to explain something on the show, I'll get into this different type of cadence, which can be condescending. Yes or no, David, please be honest. Agreed. Like it's one of those things. I know you, so it doesn't come across that way, but somebody who doesn't know you, it's going to come across that way. And Cody and the fan base in AEW, I believe started to hear the condescending Cody voice or Cody tone. But it's always been his tone. He's always spoke that way. I but think bully, people got go ahead. No, the caller brought up something, and it because when you 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 always say this. What was the moment? What was the exact period where things started to change? You say that a lot about a lot of different things. And when it comes to Cody, it really was that time period that the caller brought up. It was that feud with Anthony Agogo. Why? Because you didn't put a go go over. No, I, 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 he had the, the pro USA promo. Remember we did a show right after that where people didn't like it. It, it. it didn't come across. It didn't come across the right way because if you remember Anthony Agogo wasn't really like anti USA, but Cody used this like almost Sylvester Stallone, Rocky type promo, like a pro USA promo where it didn't really fit. Within the story, it seemed like at that moment, a lot of AEW fans started to turn on Cody. And then it just got away where it just grew and grew to the point where he was getting booed out of arenas. And unfortunately, that's how he left AEW. But it was right around that time period where things started to change for Cody. And I agree. If you're going to go pro USA promo, the guy you should be standing across from is the Iron Sheik. Yes. or Davari or, or somebody like that who's so anti-American. And listen, the way our country is split these days, if you take a look at like the national anthem or anything like that, you know, pro-USA might only resonate with 50% of the yeah. room. Now, there also were a lot of people that were, were like, oh, Cody should have put a go-go over. Listen, a finish of a match doesn't mean a damn thing. But I understand where during that a go-go time, um, within ring things to change Cody outside of the ring never changed same guy the suits the this the that the EVPs listen the Bucks are EVPs Kenny's an EVP how about how come nobody busts their balls about being EVPs listen you can't be a rebel in the wrestling business and be an EVP at the same time it's impossible that's why and, I, and I'll always go back to this that's why ECW is the original revolution because you did not have guys making the money that Kenny is making and Cody was making and Nick and Matt were making. It's impossible. You have to live in the gutter and and, and, and be as down as you possibly could be to be a true rebel in the business. That that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I think it's going to take a little bit of work on Cody's part to win everybody over and the condescending tone might not resonate with the WWE audience and the big words that Cody uses at times. I would stick, stay away from the big words because you don't want, you don't want your kid 
who's excited to see Cody looking at you going, what did that mean, daddy? What did that mean, mommy? And, and there were a lot of kids in the audience last night, but bully also too. If you remember when it comes to Cody, when Cody left the WWE, we took a lot of phone calls from fans who were like, he's never going to make it outside of the WWE. He is a quintessential WWE superstar. He is not going to make it on the indies. And what was he able to do, Bully? He wrestled on the indies and he killed it. Wrestled for Ring of Honor, he killed it. TNA, went to Japan for a while and killed it and then started this revolution that was AEW. So if there's any guy that I'm going to put my money on to make it, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Take the Dusty story out of this for a second. All right? Yeah. The Dusty story is amazing. So I'll just compare it to something we saw recently. Let's talk about Trevor Murdoch and his quest for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Who was he? Who did he want to win that championship for most most foremost well he i mean he was he wanted to win it for harley he wanted to win it for you know the common man i mean that's who trevor murdoch was after yes he won the nwa championship it got a nice reaction then what happened and then it fizzled so cody says last night i'm trying to win this championship for my dad the day cody rhodes wins that championship for dusty what is the reaction going to be like it's going to be explosive. And then what? And that's and th- then you're going to have to have that follow-up. He's going to have to have other dimensions to his personality for that WWE universe to get past that moment and still be on that upper echelon when it comes to the WWE roster. If you are going to call yourself the American Nightmare, you better make life a living hell for some people. You better be somebody's worst nightmare. To me, Cody Rhodes needs to become Vince McMahon's nightmare. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes to Cody. It's ex- extremely intriguing. Hi, everyone. This is Lindsay Rhodes. And if you're like me, you are as interested in the NFL offseason as you are in the games on the field. We've already seen the landscape change dramatically with franchise quarterbacks on the move, contenders bolstering their weaknesses, bottom feeders trying to spin their way to wins. We break it all down on my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, with new episodes every Thursday. So please subscribe and listen wherever you stream your podcasts. I want to dive in to what we saw last night with Edge and Damian Priest. Damian Priest addressing the WWE Universe at Monday Night Raw and why he did what he did at WrestleMania. And I got to be honest with you, Bully, I just don't get it. Like, I'm really having a very difficult time wrapping my head around the new Edge character and why Damian Priest would align himself with Edge. Is it intriguing where they're going? Maybe, and we'll get into that. But I'm just not buying in for right now. Visually, I love Edge and Damian Priest together. They look very impressive. I'd love to see Rhea Ripley join that mix also, the three of them. Agreed. Uh, Priest can obviously learn from Edge, but what does learning really have to do with entertainment? I should be entertained by what I see on my screen. I will say this. I'm more intrigued by Edge and Priest's relationship than I was the reasoning of Edge and AJ Styles at Mania. 
Edge and AJ Styles was a mania match. They, they, whoever came up with it, whether it was AJ or Edge or the both of them or creative, hey, let's do Edge versus AJ at Mania. Great. How do we get there? Uh, kick him in the balls, and then we'll go from there. Ugh. To me, it was flat. I want some depth with Priest and Edge. After last night, I don't think you heard enough depth or you got it enough. You know, Priest said, you know, I used to listen to you people, the fans, and then I realized that didn't do anything for me. We have been there and done that with heel turns so many times. I don't care what wrestling company it is. WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, yada, yada, yada. So many heels have since... Since the day Cactus Jack told the ECW fans to go to hell because he was killing himself for no good reason, and the fans weren't a good reason anymore, ever since then, this has been a go-to, kind of as much of a go-to as uh, it's going to be guy A versus guy B in the main event in two weeks, but can they coexist tonight? It's like, how many times are we going to see it? But can they coexist? It's almost become become a joke now within the WWE. So Priest gives his reasoning for being aligned with Edge. We were going to see a one-man concerto last night, weren't we? Yes. Did we get it? No. Why? Damian Priest stopped it. Why? I don't know why he's uh, Damian Priest is now with Edge and he's he prevented it from happening. But why did Damian Priest stop it? Who, who else was going to stop it? Well, we saw referees and agents come to the ring, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. But in the end, who stopped it? It was, was it Priest? Yes. Why? Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm not putting you out. on the spot. No, exactly. I, but that's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. All right, case in point, something that is a little bit similar but different at the same time is the Becky Lynch storyline, right? I mean, Becky Lynch is the most popular wrestler in the WWE. She changed. She wanted to become heel. She became a heel. She used the backdrop of what happened at SummerSlam as the catalyst. Hey, all you fans turned your back on me, which they really didn't. But okay, we'll go with it. And then it helped Bianca Belair and Bianca Belair. And it, go ahead, go ahead. The people, the people have not turned their back on Becky Lynch to the point where people were booing Bianca Belair last night. There were people in the crowd booing Bianca Belair because they still love Becky and they refuse to hate her. Bully, it's the same thing with Edge. And this isn't a knock on Edge. It's, it's actually praise for Edge. Edge is one of the most beloved WWE superstars of all time. He had one of the greatest triumphant returns in history. Here's a guy that was gone for a decade, comes back at the Royal Rumble just before the pandemic hit. So think about it, boy. All this time when Edge came back, it was in front of no fans. So the fans weren't really able to show their appreciation towards Edge. What happens? We get through this. Fans are back. And that's when you decide to turn heel when the fans want to show their appreciation towards you and everything you've done, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. The fans don't want it. Then you bring in Damian Priest. Now listen, we'll get into this faction of what it could be, which is actually a little bit intriguing. But then here comes Damian Priest. You know what? 
Edge, you're a mentor to me. God, listening to you all those weeks leading up to WrestleMania and resonated with, hey, like, here's a guy, Damian Priest, bully, that had success in NXT, came to the main roster, bully, and had success on the main roster. Bully, he's the one example that you and I would always go to when it came to that relationship with NXT in the main roster. There were so many failures, but what was the one we could always hang our hat on? Was Damian Priest. That's one that was actually working. So him coming out and saying, oh, I listened to you and I was following the sheep. Makes no sense. What are you talking about? You're one of the success stories when it comes from NXT. And this Edge being a mentor, I didn't see any of that. Where's the story with you and Edge? If there was some history there, then I get it. There's no history between you and Edge. There's, it just doesn't make any sense to me, Bully? The story, or a part part of the story, should have been weeks of Edge being in Damian Priest's ear. And you know what I would have gotten in Damian Priest's ear about? What? Bad Bunny. I would have had Edge going up to him and saying, how long have you been wrestling? 20 years. 20 years, you finally make it into the WWE and you play co-star to Bad Bunny. You're the background track to Bad Bunny. You're the guy that walks a step behind Bad Bunny. You're going to let Bad Bunny take your spotlight. Everybody's talking about Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. What about Damian Priest? I would, Edge needs, I always bring up the Emperor from Star Wars and how he planted the seeds in Anakin Skywalker's head that eventually led to the turn into Darth Vader. With Darth Vader became a creation of the Emperor, but it was the seeds that were planted that got Anakin to flip from the light to the dark. Edge could have been that Emperor with Priest. Weeks of buildup of just planting a seed you're six foot five and you get treated like you're a five foot five or you're, th- you're this, but you get treated like this, you know, and you can see the wheels turning and you can see the wheels turning. And then eventually we understand why Damien Priest wants to align himself with Edge because Edge is right. I have been doing this for 20 years and I finally got an opportunity and I'm playing second fiddle to a guy named Bad Bunny. Now I get it. The WWE will force a lot of stuff on us. We just talked about the word forced when it came to Cody. They are forcing me to hate Edge. I don't hate Edge. And it's not because Mark and Adam are friends. It's because Mark doesn't want to hate the character of Edge. There's nothing hateable about it. His real life story is is too real for me to ever hate him. Becky Lynch. I don't want to hate Becky. I like Becky. There's nothing about Becky that I hate. Stop forcing me to hate people. There's plenty of people around that we can get real heat, steam, hatred on. Don't give me uber baby faces. That's just, I'm talking as a fan here. 
Forget Bully. about. Listen, I can give you reasons professionally why they do what they do. Well, we want to put together a stable so some of the younger talent can learn from Edge and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. From a professional level uh, point of view, I get it. I understand. Let's get a let's get Rhea, who's younger in the business, and let's get um and, and let's get Priest, who's younger in the business, <clears throat> and maybe one other person who's under you know younger in the business. Let's put them with Edge. They can all learn. It'll be a good stable. Yada yada. Okay, you sold me on it. I get it. But as a fan, I don't give a shit. And then we see that with the one man concerto stopped last night. Head should have been caved in. If a referee or an agent came to the ring, their head should have got caved in by Damian priest. Everybody gets laid out and then priest turns around and looks at edge and edge caves in. Uh, uh, what's his name's head? AJ. Who was it? AJ. Put AJ on the shelf for a couple weeks. Do something that's going to generate. Now, listen, I don't know what the story is next week or the week after, but I don't don't know if they know either. If they do, God bless them. I will wait and see. I'm cool with it. But, man, give me an impact. Last night, Omos' heel turn was more impactful to me. Agreed, and 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 there's why because there's actually reasoning wasn't behind. almost a heel turn; it was MVP's heel turn. Yeah, well, but but there's reasons why, and we'll get to that because I I liked it as well. But the new song that Edge has, like they have that little intro at the beginning. You know, you think you know me, you never knew me. But yeah, we do. Yes, we do, Edge. We know you. We followed you career your career for decades. We know that you're married to Beth Phoenix. We know all this. And that's why we love you so much. If you're going to get us to hate you, you got to do a hell of a lot more than what you did. Seriously. And for Damian Priest, if you're going to grab, first of all, Bully, I love the story with the Bad Bunny. Because honestly, that's the only way you could go. Because it's not like Damian Priest hit rock bottom. And And he's been lost. This is a guy... Who was United States champion? It's a guy they were given a hell of a push to, Damian Priest. Now, you and I both mentioned a name yesterday that if they go in this direction, I'll really be in, intrigued. And that's Rhea Ripley. Because Rhea Ripley is somebody that we saw have one of the best matches at WrestleMania two years ago to now is, you know, losing in tag team matches over the course of the last year. If you grab Rhea Ripley and explain that story, then I'm all in. But, man, it's very, very tough to hate Edge. Go ahead. I would have been more intrigued by Edge being in Rhea Ripley's ear first than Damian Priest's. Yes. You have, you, you've set the tone with Priest already with the Bad Bunny story. I would have used the Bad Bunny story to turn Priest, but if you're not... Look at all this goodwill you got built into him. He looks phenomenal. He works really well. He's got athleticism. The people have been into him. He's a former, he's a U.S. champion, yada, yada. You've been telling me to like this guy since he came in. Okay, I like him. Now, all of a sudden, you want me to hate him. Give me a reason. And if you have no reason, then stick with the baby face shit. Edge being in Rhea Ripley's ear, now I'm intrigued. And I'm sure we're going to get that. But I would love like to have seen that first. Agreed. Then I'm on board. And then it's a little bit different, too, because 
you know, bully. And, you know, I don't I don't put a lot of stock into things that I see online or on social media because that's just people's opinions and we all have them and they're entitled to it. There's a lot of people that are comparing this to Edge with Malachi Black and now this stable with with the House of Black. Do you see any similarities? Is it too similar to you or is it to you two completely different worlds? Uh, I Let's just say it was a complete ripoff. I wouldn't care. It's completely different company. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's or, completely yeah. different company. Yeah. They're not going to call it the House of Black and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so if it's similar, pe- what people don't realize is there isn't anything really new and fresh in wrestling. Wrestling has been done over and over and over to death. Ideas have been borrowed from or completely plagiarized. The caning angle. Sandman and Dreamer. I borrowed from the caning angle and turned it into my own with bully and flip Cody and MJF plagiarized my caning angle. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. This has nothing to do with me. It's just an example of how things are borrowed or plagiarized. I don't care if you're going to plagiarize it, at least make it your own. It's like covering a song. There's at least four teams in the world right now using the 3D. God bless you. Go ahead, do it. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. To me, I look at it as a tip of the cap. Whether it's the Usos, whether it's Edge and Beth, whether it's uh, uh, Tenjin and, and uh, uh, Kojima in Japan, whether it, whoever. Just make it your own. So if Edge's stable resembles the House of Black stable, okay. I'm sure they're not plagiarizing it, but you're asking me, you're asking me, listen, hating Malachi Black is not easy also. No, well, that's a different story for another day because we can say that about a lot of wrestlers with AEW. But Edge is on Edge is on a different plane. Like Edge is one of the most be So Bully, you know this. If you're because you always say it, to be truly hated, at some point you need to be truly loved. That's where you can really get that. But if, but you got to give, there has to be like one of those turns, bully. That's epic, memorable. I, I where was who's, that, the, who, who's the best turn ever? Think about what you just said. In order to be truly hated, you have to be truly loved and an epic turn. Who was it? I mean, for me, it's, you know, Andre with, with Hogan at WrestleMania three. To me, it's Hogan. Well, Hogan. Yeah. Hogan. Uh, yeah. Great. Because he was, he was, eat your, take your vitamins, say your prayers. That's a turn. When you cannot, when you cannot be loved anymore, rip the carpet out from underneath him and turn heel. But, but think of those things. Think of the two that we just mentioned, bully. And you want to know something? I'm putting edge near that type of epic hall of fame personality that fans love. When you think of Andre's turn, what do you think of? The Piper's Pit where he tears the crucifix off of Hogan. When you think of Hogan, obviously, you know, in that with the NWO, beer bottles flying and like it's epic. It's epic. It's memorable. Where was the turn with Edge? Where was where was the moment with Edge? There was none. It's a major disconnect creatively it leaves me scratching my head not as a professional but as a fan 
in wrestling, you always have to answer the question of why. Sometimes you need to answer it by the end of the show. Sometimes you need to answer it within a month by the time the pay-per-view comes. You can answer it in a year, but please always answer the question why. This is why I'm a perfectionist when it comes to this stuff. Every question has to be answered. Why did you do that move? How did this make sense? Why did you turn on this person? I don't like it when fans are able to sit back and go, well, why didn't you do this? Or why did this happen? If you watch good soap operas, they always pay off the why. Anything. You always know by the end of the show why somebody did something. By the end of the week or the end of the month, why? Why did Edge turn? I'm sure a lot of people are going to tune in, chime in on social media and go, oh, he did it because this. Oh, because he did it to turn on the fans. Oh, this or that. To me, those are not good whys as to why we took an uber baby face who broke his fucking neck 10 years ago, came back from it, won the rumble, yada, yada. Now you want me to hate him. His real life story was told to me on TV. It's not like it's a real life story that's behind the scenes. You told me his real life story. And based on his real life story, I don't care if he throws puppies up against the wall. I don't hate him. Yeah, and, and, and bully for for. I'm not for advocating Edge. for throwing puppies no, up against the wall. No, no, not at all. Um, but but I'm Edge, an animal lover. I know you are. You are. You are a big. I have goldfish. Lover. I take care yeah. of my goldfish. You do. But it was almost like Edge woke up one morning and said, "You know what? I just want to change my character. Like I just, you know, I I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something different. That's what it feels like to me. I'll say this too, bully." Because I was around a lot of people uh, over the weekend for WrestleMania. Those people that watched Edge and AJ wasn't watching that match. Like, I want to see AJ kick the shit out of Edge. It was like, boy, these two guys are great. They're going to put on a great WrestleMania match. That That's why that match was appealing to people. Had nothing to do with the characters they were playing. Because honestly, two months ago, AJ was a heel. And then I see Edge in the ring being a heel. And I look at social media and Beth is tweeting, I know there's still good in him. Very Darth Vader-esque. Yeah. But it's just reminding me of why I love Edge. The bottom line point is here. When it comes to Edge and Becky Lynch, I have no reason. No matter what they write for them, no matter what they do, I have so much love invested in them from day one i haven't seen anything from them that would make me hate them so that's that's just me that's just my opinion as a fan yeah well and again we'll see where this goes this faction i'm hoping the next member is going to be rio ripley because honestly she needs it (laughs) and she fits it makes sense but we'll see what happens all right go ahead Hey, by the way, just real quick off the top of my head, remember the little fantasy booking we did a year ago about a Rhodes and a Flair together? Yep. Who knows? (laughs) You're right. Who knows? Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design 
by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.